Glory to Jesus Christ, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their history, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is the story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by the iconography of Father Thomas J. Loya. Father Loya's iconography for your prayer and home devotion may be obtained by going to MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com. That's MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com. Then click on the Art and Decorative link and click on Icons in the drop-down or call 630-629-1720. Morningstar Books and Gifts, 28 West St. Charles Street, Lombard, Illinois. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya. We're joined here today by Katie Goulis. The music you are hearing that has begun this program is one of the most ancient chants of the Byzantine Church. In fact, it dates back, many scholars say, to the second century. This chant is called O Joyful Light, and it is sung at the evening vesper service in the Byzantine Catholic Church. We're going to be talking about the evening prayer of the Byzantine Catholic Church today. But before we get further along on that, there's a couple things I want to bring to your attention. First of all, if you're in the Midwest region of the United States, that would be Michigan and Indiana and Illinois, I want to bring your attention to the Carpathorusen Day. It's the first ever. It's going to be Saturday, October 30th at 1 p.m at St. Nicholas Byzantine Catholic Church in Munster, Indiana. It's a Carpathal Rusin Day with Mark Wansa, author of The Linden and the Oak. He'll be there and do a book signing and a talk. Again, that's Saturday, October 30th, 1 p.m., St. Nicholas Byzantine Catholic Church, Columbia Avenue in Munster, Indiana. Find out more about this. You can go to Lake Michigan Rusins, blogspot.com. Lake Michigan Rusins. Now, Rusins is spelled R-U-S-Y-N-S. And Carpatho Rusin actually refers to, well, my particular heritage. It's a peoples who populated the Carpathian mountain area in the Central Europe region where Slovakia, Hungary, and Ukraine, Romania all converged together along a mountain range there. And in that region, the Greek missionaries, namely Syromethodius, evangelized the Slavic people back in the 9th century. And the Rusins never really had a country. There's something like the Slavic version of the Palestinians. They were an ancient people that occupied a territory, a land, but never really had a country per se. And that is the heritage of my church and also of my family. And the Carpathorusans recently have been banding together more and more to kind of elevate or emphasize their identity so that it wouldn't be lost. So in the Midwestern region of the United States, a new division, the Carpathorusan Society, was formed, and they were having this first ever Carpathorusan Day. 
learn about the heritage of the Byzantine Catholic Church in America's fascinating history. Another event I want to draw your attention to is happening in Cleveland, Ohio, actually at the Eparchy of Parma in Parma, Ohio, which is the center of my eparchy, where my bishop is. And if you're listening in the Living Bread Radio region, the Akron, Canton, Cleveland area, Youngstown, Pittsburgh, that region too, you may be interested to note that on Sunday, November 21st, Sunday, November 21st at noon at the cathedral, our Byzantine Catholic Cathedral in Parma, we're going to have a pace-setting presentation. It's part of the Eparchy of Parma's Marriage Initiative, and this is going to be a live interactive docudrama that unfolds the deep meaning and theology of the Byzantine marriage ritual. In that ritual, we're going to demonstrate through a live interactive presentation how all of your questions and answers and a guide, as it were, to marriage during your whole marital life can be actually seen and answered there, right there, in the very ceremony of the Byzantine Church for Marriage. That's November 21st at the Cathedral at noon. That's the Cathedral in Parma, Ohio. To find out more information, go to parma.org. That's parma.org. As I mentioned earlier, as you heard earlier, the chant of the evening prayer of the Byzantine Catholic Church. You heard the selection, O Joyful Light, which is an ancient, ancient hymn. Often they're very moved when I pray this prayer, which I do every day. And the reason I am is because I think to myself, I am praying something that puts me in touch with a sort of a, 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 sort of a continuum with Christians who came long, long, long before me came all the way back in the second century. And when we pray a prayer like that, I think to myself of all the Christians that have been praying the same prayer through all of history, all these centuries, and here I am, in a sense, aligned with them through prayer, through my progeny, my my ancestors, my spiritual ancestors, as we pray this prayer, O Joyful Light. It's part of the evening Vesper service, and the Byzantine Catholic Church, the evening Vesper service is certainly one of our most beautiful services. There's something very enchanting about it. And the reason is, is because it takes us through, in a sense, liturgically through salvation history. There's sort of the character, the theme of the evening prayer service in the Byzantine church. And by the way, a lot of our prayer is designed liturgically. Yes, you can pray it by yourself, much like the Roman breviary. For those of you who are Roman Catholic, you're familiar with that prayer of the church. But most of the time, these prayers of the Byzantine church were designed to be prayed liturgically. And so through the liturgy, through liturgical service, we are taken through, in a sense, the whole history of salvation. The Vesper service begins with the deacon, the priest, standing outside the icon screen. In other words, that separation between the nave and the sanctuary, the Holy of Holies. And this is very significant because what's happening is there is a beginning prayer, a Psalm 103 or 104, depending on the numbering of your Bible, which speaks about the glories of creation. In fact, it starts out, it's one of my favorites. Bless the Lord, O my soul, Lord God, how great you are. Clothed in majesty and glory, wrapped in light as in a robe. What's happening is the priest or the deacon is taking on the position in a sense of Adam in the garden of paradise. And we're praying this beautiful prayer that is is a praise and glory of the beauty of creation, of the whole beautiful, perfect harmony and order of creation as it was in the beginning. But then what happens is, The order of creation, as we all know, was marred or fallen by original sin. And so after the psalm, what happens is there's a litany, usually led by the deacon, or if the deacon is not present, it's by the priest. And they're standing outside of this icon screen. 
And this is symbolic of the fact that Adam has been expelled from paradise. You might remember that from the book of Genesis. So we start out with the glory of creation and all that harmony, but then Adam is cast out of paradise, and he stands there as though knocking and begging to get back in. And he does so through this litany in which we respond repeatedly the words, Lord, have mercy. In other words, we say, for peace from on high, for the salvation of our souls, let us pray to the Lord. And the people respond, Lord, have mercy. For those who travel by sea, air, and land, for the sick, the suffering, the captive, and their salvation, let us pray to the Lord. And again, we respond, Lord, have mercy. The litanies in the Byzantine church, just as it is in Vespers, the service and all of our services, cover almost everything you can think of that we would want to ask of the Lord both for ourselves and also universally for the world, for the church. We pray for our leaders. We pray for our friends and relatives, for people who are absent, people who are present, people who are sick, people who are traveling. We leave no stone unturned, as it were. But we beg with this phrase, Lord, have mercy. It's one of the most repeated prayers in the Eastern Church. We beg for Christ to have mercy on us because we are sinners. We're taking on the position again of Adam at this point in the Vesper service. But we know that God is merciful, and soon we will know his mercy But before we get there, what we do now is, after the litany, the priest begins to incense. The deacon, or the priest, if there's no deacon, begins what we call an incensation. In other words, he incenses around the church, the icons, the iconostas, the people, the walls, the altar, everything. In the meantime, the people are singing Psalm 140. O Lord, I have cried to you, hear me. Hear me, O Lord. O Lord, I have cried to hear me. Receive the voice of my prayer when I call upon you. Hear me, O Lord. Let my prayer ascend you like incense, and the lifting up of my hands like an evening sacrifice. Hear me, O Lord. That is done to a particular chant. And the pursuing verses of Psalm 104 are chanted as what we call plain chant. In other words, alternately between the two halves of the church, a sort of a straight chant. When we return, we're going to talk more about this marvelous, beautiful, hauntingly beautiful service of the Byzantine Church of the Evening Vespers. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support in order to keep Light of the East on the air. You can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. And now, words of wisdom, faith, and mystery from the monk's cell. Over the past couple of months, I've visited quite a few monasteries, for various reasons, mostly small ones, like my own. It's amazing how each one really does have its own distinct personality. You knock on one monastic door and speak to the superior, or to another monk or nun with special permission to engage in conversation. The rest remain invisible. Then you visit another monastery. It's quite different. You might be ushered into what is basically a family kitchen. People are coming in and out, all very casual and easy. This is how it should be, especially in the spirit of Eastern monasticism. Union with God is what monastic life is completely geared toward. And union with God is not one at the expense of our own distinctive personalities. On the contrary, the saints discover that their personalities, those unique things that make them human, 
are more perfectly expressed in God's being than in their own. Theosis, union with God, makes us more ourselves, more ourselves, not less. In St. Luke's Gospel, our Lord tells us that the kingdom of God does not reveal itself in external signs. Rather, he says, the kingdom is within you. Or, as it could equally be translated, the kingdom of God is among you. It is in our own lives, both as unique persons and as communities of persons, that we discover and manifest the coming of that kingdom. The distinctiveness of monastic communities is just one way in which I see proved this simple statement of gospel truth. God's reign breaks through one person at a time, gathering together men and women not less, but ever more alive, ever more real. I'm Father Maximus, Hokirios. The monks of Holy Resurrection Monastery, Newberry Springs, California, can be found at www.hrmonline.org. You're listening to the choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the sacred liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you... You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. How shall I tell this great mystery? I am Father Thomas J. Loya with a Theology of the Body moment for the Tabor Life Institute. He who is without flesh becomes incarnate. The Word puts on a body. The invisible is seen. He whom no hand can touch is carried, and he who knows no beginning now begins to be. The Son of God becomes the Son of Man. These words were taken from the Christmas prayers of the Byzantine Catholic Church. Turn our thoughts to the great mystery. God has condescended, bent the heavens, made a gift of himself, and entered into a spousal relationship with his own creation. The entire order of creation, most especially our human bodies, speak the language of this mystery. We are created male and female precisely so that we too could make a gift of ourselves. We too could love as God loves. Christ is born, glorify him. To find out more about the theology of the body, visit TaborLife.org. TaborLife.org. Welcome back to Light of the East. 
We're moving through today the evening prayer service of the Byzantine Catholic Church called the Evening Vesper Service, one of the most hauntingly beautiful services of the Byzantine Church. Now, one of the things that is happening while the deacon is incensing, and prior to that, during the psalm, is the priest standing outside the royal doors of the icon screen is praying eight different prayers, eight different priestly prayers. In fact, they're called the prayers of light. And just to give you an example, here's one of my favorites. This is number five of these eight prayers. Blessed are you, O Lord, Almighty God. You know the mind of each person. You know what each needs even before they ask or are aware of it. Now, O King, who loves mankind, who is gracious in everything, in your great mercy allow us to call upon your holy name with an unashamed conscience, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is due all glory, honor, and adoration, now and ever and forever. Amen. Now, if you're a little bit versed in the Bible, you may have recognized a few phrases and paraphrases from the scriptures. In fact, that's how we put together a lot of the prayers in the Byzantine church. As I mentioned, there's eight of those prayers. They're lengthy prayers, beautiful prayers that the priest is saying, in a sense, rather quietly in front of the icon screen. Well, after Psalm 140 and the insensation, there's a prayer of Psalm 141, and then that leads us into the verses or the chants, which kind of set the theme of that particular day. For instance, on Saturday evening, we always have the theme of the resurrection because the Vespers is an anticipation of the next day. In fact, Vespers in the Byzantine church, the evening prayer, begins the next day. The day-to-day calendar in the Eastern churches goes from sundown to sundown. So at sundown, the Vespers is prayed, and that means we're beginning the next day, which means we're beginning Sunday. So the theme is going to be very resurrectional. However, we may also have another theme, a secondary theme of a saint, or if the Vespers are being done on a vigil of the evening before a holy day. Example, we just came past a holy day of the Virgin Mary called the Protection of the Mother of God. And so during the Vesper service, you would have heard chants sung like this. O awesome beauty, you are the true prophetic fulfillment for all the faithful. You are the glory of the apostles and the joy of the martyrs, the pride of virgins and a wondrous protection of the whole world. O lady, with the mantle of your mercy, protect our church and all the people who sing out to you. Rejoice, O full of grace, the Lord is with you, and through you he grants great mercy to the world. O Theotokos, you are the beauty of Jacob. You are the heavenly ladder by which Christ came down to earth. Indeed, those images signify your honor and glory. The angels in heaven and all people on earth praise you, for you have given birth to the God of all. We honor you as you pray for the whole world and cover with your mantle all those who observe your holy feast. So what's happened so far in the service is this. We've praised God as though we were Adam during the original harmony, praised his creation, praised him for it, thanked him for it. Then we experience the fall in which we've asked God's mercy. And then we start to then proclaim the theme of, well, about Christ, about what he's done. For instance, his resurrection. Or in this case, the past feast day of the mother of God, we sing and chant themes that have to do with her and her greatness and her glory and her goodness. Now we're ready then for the mercy of Christ to come into the picture. In other words, the light coming into the darkness. And in fact, in the church during the Vesper service in Byzantine churches, normally the lights are very dim or very low. And at this point in the liturgy, after the insensation, after we've gone through these stages so far, we now have that moment of salvation history where Christ, the true light, comes into the world of darkness and the lights of the church are raised as we sing the hymn, O Joyful Light.
After this magnificent hymn of joyful light, there is a verse from Scripture that introduces what are the Old Testament readings. We always read Old Testament readings during the Vesper service in the Byzantine Church. We never really read them during the liturgy. We always read the New Testament in the Divine Liturgy, or the Roman Catholics might know it as the Mass. But in the evening prayer service, the Vesper service, we always read readings from the Old Testament. For example, Katie, which readings do we have for this past feast of the protection of the Mother of God? The readings for that day are from Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 through 17, from Ezekiel chapter 43, verse 27 through chapter 44, verse 4, and from Proverbs chapter 9, verses 1 through 11. And all of those readings were selected by the church fathers in the Byzantine church because they are what we call allegorical typologies. Like, for instance, the first reading is about the incident where Jacob falls asleep in the desert and he has this vision of the ladder going from earth to heaven. And the church fathers saw in that, in that Old Testament event, a foreshadowing, a type of the mother of God, who would be the archetype, who would combine within herself, be that ladder in a sense, an intercessor between heaven and earth as she would hold Christ in her very womb and unite heaven and earth within her very self. And so, The fathers select that reading and others like it that have what we call these allegorical typologies. In other words, hints or images of things in the Old Testament that will be later fulfilled in the persons of Christ and his mother, the Theotokos, the mother of God. After the readings then, we have another set of what we call stichida or the verses for the theme of the day, for instance, the resurrection, or as we said, the holy day. And then once again, there's another litany. In the Eastern Church, we are forever punctuating our prayer with this cry for mercy, presenting ourselves, our petitions to the Lord time and time again. Then there's a great, long, beautiful prayer of the priest which starts out, Great and most high God, you alone possess immortality and dwell in unapproachable light. We have not exhausted our journey through the Vesper service as of yet, but we are running out of time. So I did want to conclude by sharing with you a hymn that is often sung at the end of Vespers, and that is the hymn to the Mother of God.
Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To find out more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue this program with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount would be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K, Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. From the light of the east, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God bless you and grant you many happy years. <laughs>